This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I'm an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Today, I'd like to speak from my newest book, Insurance Fraud Costs Everyone, which is available from Amazon.com as a Kindle book or as a paperback. And one chapter which deals with the problem that faces a person who takes the Fifth Amendment when an insurer asks for an examination under oath. Probably the most effective tool an insurer has against fraud is the examination under oath. The right to compel an insured to appear for examination under oath has been part of the standard fire policy in every state of the United States that adopted the New York standard fire insurance policy. The right was recognized by the United States Supreme Court in a case called Claflin versus Commonwealth Insurance Company back in 1888 and is still viable U.S. law that must be followed by all courts who subscribe to and are part of the Constitution of the United States. When an insured is suspected of arson or some other variation of insurance fraud, the insurer will almost always require testimony at examination under oath. The insured often refuses to appear for examination under oath, a material condition of the policy, claiming that the insurer's demand was a bad faith attempt to deprive him of his right against self-incrimination stated in the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. In Grunberg versus Aetna Insurance Company, a 1973 decision of the California Supreme Court, it ruled that an insured had stated a cause of action for breach of the covenant of good faith and fair dealing when the insurer denied the claim for refusal to testify at examination under oath. In fact, the insured agreed to testify as soon as a criminal proceeding was completed, but the insurer refused to accept the insured's offer. The California Supreme Court, without making any factual determinations, allowed the case to proceed to trial since the allegations, which included allegations that insurer had fraudulently caused the insured to be arrested and is offered to testify when, shortly after the denial, the criminal charges were dropped, must be assumed to be true. Grunberg has been applied as if the California Supreme Court stated a hard and fast rule of law that if an insured was charged with a crime, the insurer cannot examine him under oath until the criminal charges are resolved. This has resulted in delays. In one case, I handled as much as five years. The Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court 
was faced with the same question and reached a more reasonable result applying the contract language and the law that should have been adopted in California. In Mello v. Ingham Mutual Fire Insurance, a 1995 decision, followed later by Lorenzo Martinez v. Safety Insurance, a 2003 decision, the Massachusetts court held that the failure of an insured to appear at examination under oath, even while criminal charges of arson were pending, was no excuse, and the suit was barred. The reason for the decision was based on the fact that Hingham issued a policy to the plaintiffs effective September 4, 1992, and shortly thereafter, on September 25, 1992, a fire of undetermined origin broke out at the plaintiff's residence. Hingham was informed by the local authorities that the plaintiff was a suspect in a suspicious fire. Hingham, in accordance with the terms of its contract, demanded the examination under oath of the insured. He initially agreed to an examination, postponed it twice, and then refused to testify, asserting the plaintiff's constitutional privilege against self-incrimination. Hingham denied coverage for the fire loss, and the plaintiffs sued. In reaching its decision, the court noted that it is the law in most jurisdictions that the submission to an examination, if the request is reasonable, is strictly construed as a condition precedent to the insurer's liability. The Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court, finding the privilege did not apply to an examination under oath, stated, quote, where the undesirable consequences arise from the claimant's voluntary actions. The privilege against self-incrimination cannot be used to extricate the claimant from such a dilemma of his own making. The plaintiff voluntarily entered into the contract with Hingham, another private party. Hingham obligated itself to perform duties, some of which were contingent on the plaintiff's actions. The plaintiffs made a claim against Hingham for coverage, and Hingham asked that the plaintiff keep his part of the bargain, even if it may harm his interest in the criminal investigation. A dilemma this may be, but it is not of Hingham's or of the Commonwealth's making when an accused must choose between forfeiting the opportunity to speak in his own behalf and subjecting himself to cross-examination. Thus, it is not by the Commonwealth or by Hingham that the plaintiff is compelled to furnish evidence against himself, but by his own contractual undertaking. The Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court also refused to adopt the plaintiff's suggestion that both parties' rights could be protected by delaying the examination under oath until the criminal proceedings are resolved. The court disposed of that argument succinctly and said, quote, the insurer's contractual right to determine promptly 
while the evidence is still fresh, the validity of any loss for which it might become liable, the insurer is under corresponding duty to pay any claim promptly. In these circumstances, the insurer should not have to delay its investigation for an indeterminate and possibly lengthy period to comport with the interests of its insured. Insureds in California have used the decision in Grunberg as a club against insurers, placing the investigation on hold for years while the insured fights against a criminal prosecution. The Fifth Amendment does not bar all testimony. It only requires that no person shall be compelled to accuse or furnish evidence against itself. When a person enters into a contract of insurance, he or she promises to appear and give testimony at examination under oath if the insurer requests it at a reasonable time and place. The insured is not compelled to give testimony. He promised to do so, and if he fails to keep the promise, he has breached a material condition of the policy. In one of my cases, an insured asked for the delay required by Grunberg, and it took five years of no investigation, no examination under oath, and of course, no payment to the insured. And on the close running of the criminal statute of limitations, the insured's lawyer came to me and asked if we could settle. I responded that, of course, any case can be settled, but uh, since his client probably committed arson, and that's why we need his examination under oath, and he still hasn't testified, my client probably would not offer much money. He asked for $20,000 on a million-dollar claim. I went to my client. I told him of the offer. My client said no, offering him $2,500. I did so. It was accepted. The claim was paid. The releases were signed. All lawsuits were dismissed. And the next day, the insured pleaded guilty to one count of insurance fraud. It was still a cheap and good resolution, but the law caused the insurer's response a five-year delay plus paying its lawyers and investigators. As the California Court of Appeal has stated in a leading case called Liberty Mutual versus Alt Village Construction, a 1977 decision of the California Court of Appeal, the presence of the implied covenant as part of all insurance contracts has been increasing Increasingly, the source of spectacular jury awards based on tort theories such as to enable the imposition of exemplary damages. 
We conclude, therefore, that the duty of good faith and fair dealing on the part of defendant insurance companies is an absolute one. The non-performance by one party of its contractual duties cannot excuse a breach of the duty of good faith and fair dealing by the other party while the contract between them is in effect and not rescinded. Faced with this sweeping and portentous pronouncement on the force and dignity of such covenants, we find no difficulty in construing the scope of their impact to devolve alike upon the insured as well as the insurer, and that a breach thereof by the insured would lead to the same legal consequences as any garden variety breach of contract. Thus it is here. Close quote. In Fremont Indemnity versus the Superior Court, a 1982 decision of the California Court of Appeal, it held that plaintiffs here has brought a civil action claiming rights under a fire insurance policy. In so doing, he has placed in issue all factual matters relevant to any exclusion clause in the policy. To reiterate, as stated in other cases, the gravamen of his lawsuit is so inconsistent with the continued assertion of a privilege as to compel the conclusion that the privilege has in fact been waived. Based upon the foregoing, we hold that the plaintiff filing of an action to recover on the fire insurance policy operated to waive his constitutional privilege against self-incrimination with reference to any factual in issues, particularly as to the applicability of the arson exclusion tendered by the complaint. Even so, plaintiff finally may yet claim his privilege, but he will have to dismiss his lawsuit if he persists in doing so. As variously stated in the authorities we have relied upon, he cannot have his cake and eat it too. Most of the cases arise in the context of an insured who has filed a suit for coverage under an insurance policy but refused to comply with the insurer's request for an examination under oath. Most involve fire damage coverage and claims of arson. The universal rule in that context, is that the insured cannot use the Fifth Amendment on the one hand to avoid the contractual obligation to cooperate with the insurer and on the other hand compel the insurer to provide coverage. He can avoid the potential of self-incrimination by dismissing the lawsuit. This is a key to any insurer who wishes to deny a claim because of the failure to appear for an examination under oath or because of a refusal to testify. The insurer should never, ever sue the insured for declaratory relief. If the insured wishes, he can assert his rights by filing suit, but he cannot avoid, if he does so, 
the obligation to appear for an examination under oath. If Grunberg stands for the proposition that insurers must wait until the insured is exonerated in his criminal proceedings, the California Supreme Court should revisit Grunberg and adopt the reasoning of the Massachusetts Supreme Court in Mello and the California Court of Appeals in Alt Village to eliminate a long delay that would make defense of the insured suit beyond the ability to prove the defense of fraud. Insurers to avoid the problem raised by the California Supreme Court should never file a complaint for declaratory relief. The Fifth Amendment is a tool to prevent a person from incriminating himself, but it is not a tool to be used as a sword against an insurer. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance Fraud Costs Everyone, now available as a Kindle book and as a paperback from Amazon.com. If you found this video to be of interest to you or your colleagues, please refer it on. It's free. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, and my blog so that you can be advised of future blog postings and videos. Thank you for your attention.